Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America, and happy Monday. What a weekend it was. About the wee hours of the morning between midnight and one on Saturday, we finally got a House Speaker. Kevin McCarthy prevailed after a dramatic 15 rounds of voting. All sorts of deals in place, including some yelling and shouting and almost fisticuffs. But at the end of the day, the Republicans got the sort of rules that they've long promised, but have not for many, many years imposed under speakers like John Boehner and Paul Ryan. So more transparency, more opportunity to challenge the leadership. And at the end of the day, one of the most important things, new sort of investigative bodies, two special select committees. Actually, there'll be a total of three select committees, one on China and the economy and how to counter China's threat, another one on the coronavirus. And that coronavirus, by the way, will look at everything from where it originated to how the government responded to who got rich and stole money out of the pandemic relief funds and what a poor job or good job federal agencies did protecting taxpayers' money. Then the third one may be the most important one, particularly in light of the things that I've been reporting for some time, the weaponization of federal government, the FBI, the DOJ, a special select subcommittee, the House Judiciary Committee, that was enshrined in the deal and the rules that were agreed to as part of what got Kevin McCarthy elected on Friday night. You can read my story and my take on it this morning on justthenews.com. That story is trending really well. All right. We've got a great show for you today. No fooling around here. We've got some heavy hitters like we should all the time. First up, Congressman Ben Klein from the state of Virginia. He is the new chairman of the Republican Study Committee's Budget in spending task force. He is going to be the ideas guy when it comes to shrinking government, getting government balanced again. The Republicans are on a seven to 10 year plan to get that budget, which has been running deficits well north of a trillion dollars for some time now, back under control, get it balanced like we had in the 1990s under Newt Gingrich. Ben Klein is going to be right at the middle of that effort. He helped craft what's called the blueprint to save America, a budget plan 
that currently gets it done in seven years. Most estimates are that the Republicans can get to a balanced budget in seven to 10 years. That will bring down inflation payments. It'll bring down interest rates and interest payments for the government and begin to make a big difference. So Ben Klein's going to tell us what's in that plan, how government gets fundamentally reshaped. A lot of good, important conversation in that part of the show. Then, as you know, President Biden went down to the border finally, and he met with some of the folks down there. We're going to have Irene Armendariz Jackson, a former congressional candidate from the border region of Texas. Her husband was a longtime Border Patrol agent, just retired. She's going to give us what really happened, what was missed, what could have happened that didn't happen. We're going to get that. And then we're going to wrap up the show today with my good friend Greg Piper here at Justin News, one of our best investigative reporters, covers cancel culture, covers censorship, covers all of the mistruths that have occurred in the COVID pandemic space. He's going to give us a quick update on what the attorneys general of Louisiana and Missouri have found in the documents about the level of pressure that the United States government, the White House and federal agencies were applying to big tech to censor your and mine and others opinions, Americans opinions, kind of scary stuff. So we're going to cover all of that back to back to back. What a good start to the new year. This is going to be a fun show. So let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, first up, Congressman Ben Klein from Virginia, he's going to give us the lowdown on what the new budget, the new Republican budget is going to look like. We'll have that right after these commercial messages. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 
All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. I'm so excited to have this next guest on. Last week, we had a very good conversation about the state of fiscal conservatism in the Republican Party, all the spending the last 20 years, the deficit growing. Our next guest has been one of the most cogent voices in the pursuit of getting spending down and getting taxes down. And now he's going to have a very important role on the Republican Study Committee, ensuring that that happens. Joining us right now from the great state of Virginia, my own state, Congressman Ben Klein. Congressman, great to have you on the show. John, thanks for having me. Good to be with you. There is a fun thing because the business of Congress really begins today. And one of the first votes, you're going to vote to defend the 87,000 IRS agents. That's a, a sign of a lot of more cutting of government ahead, isn't there? Absolutely. You know, we listened to the people during this fall's campaigns and and people were furious that we were directing resources uh, towards the IRS to, and, and broadening their powers to be able to snoop into our our transactions instead of directing funding where it needs to go, like the border. So, you know, I, my preference would have been just to erase 87,000 IRS agents and type in 87,000 CPB Border Patrol agents. But they said, no, we've got a one step at a time. Uh, so uh, we're going to hopefully pass that bill today, send it over to the Senate and uh, begin to put some pressure on the Biden administration and the and and the Senate Democrats and hold them accountable. Yeah, and a really great example of the contrast between the two parties. Now, you're the new chairman of the Republican Study Committee's Budget and Spending Task Force. You guys put together, I think, one of the most important documents on the federal budget that's been put together in a decade or two, the Blueprint to Save America. Talk a little bit about some of the things people are going to see in this budget that portend the sort of cutting of spending and the shrinking of government that many Americans have longed for. Well, it's a, a big document. It, it really tackles the spending as a whole, and it really goes into detail into all of the different reforms that are going to be necessary to actually balance the budget. It's the only balanced budget that's out there that's been produced. And uh, we balance under 10 years. Right now, this one is seven. But, you know, it really highlights the problem that we're facing when all of this spending that the Biden administration has pushed through over the past two years, uh, the inflation that's resulted has really increased the amount that the interest on the national debt takes up as a percentage of our overall budget. And so it's squeezing all of these other areas of the budget and making sure that we get inflation under control has got to be part of passing this balanced budget because only through curbing inflation will we be able to uh, ultimately balance the budget in a reasonable period of time. Yeah, such an important thing. And you're right, debt service is just taking up all of the discretionary spending. It just keeps eating up that whole exactly what you were warning about a year or so ago. And now now we're seeing the reality of it. There was a moment in December, a lot of people didn't pick up on this. We did here at Justin News, wrote a big story about it. But the Biden administration, using its executive authority through the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corp, bailed out all of these union pensions that had been suffering as a result of inflation and the sour economy. Just huge amounts of dollars going to bail out pension fund managers, particularly labor pension funds. This is a long-term problem because pensions seem to be in a tough position but there seems to be a constant forgiveness of bad pension management, particularly by these unions. Anything Congress can do to address that? Yeah, well, absolutely. And we called it out at the time when this American Rescue Plan was being passed. We 
uh, attacked it for what it was, a bailout for blue states that mismanaged their state pension funds, their union pension funds, and essentially were passing the bill on to the American taxpayer. And uh, ultimately, that's what's happened. And so uh, we do need to rein in uh, the types of abuses that resulted in these pension plans uh, being underwater, uh, the same types of fiscal responsibility that needs to be happen uh, in the federal government needs to happen with these state-level pension plans as well. And, and so there will be an effort by Virginia Fox and the Education Labor Committee uh, and leadership as well to, to tackle that in addition to just the, the reforms that we're going to be undertaking, uh, the block granting that we can do to try and remove some of the micromanagement from Washington, from the bureaucracy. I'm going to introduce two bills this week uh, tack tackling the regulation abuse that goes on in our agencies, uh, making sure they take into account small businesses when they're promulgating these regulations, and making sure that the heads of these agencies are signing off on these regulations instead of the junior level bureaucrats that uh, are, are just writing them without any accountability at all. Yeah, so remarkable. It really is. The president went to the border this weekend and didn't meet with the Border Patrol agents, the people trying to keep our country safe. In fact, he really didn't go to the border. He went to a border town, didn't meet with the residents of El Paso who've been overrun by his policies or the border agents. Uh, missed opportunity, obviously. What would you tell the president about what he needs to do to start to address the border? Well, he needs to stay down there until he actually gets to see for himself the horrors that are happening at the border when it comes to uh, the the drugs that are being trafficked, the human trafficking that's occurring, uh, the uh, abuse that's occurring to children, to women. Uh, it, it is a, a tragedy of, of immense proportions. I'm glad the political pressure has gotten so intense that he actually had to check the box to actually say, well, I've been near the border. Uh, that's more than his border czar had been able to do for uh, for many months. But now we really do need to take that take that trip and actually turn it into action. Uh, I would love to see uh, more reforms when it comes to our asylum laws. You know, the administration actually had a, a glimmer of some recognition when they said, instead of making the journey, we want you to be able to have your asylum claim adjudicated uh, back in your home country. Now, that's the type of reform that I think you could get some agreement to try and uh, open up embassies to receiving these types of requests for asylum, but then also reforming our asylum laws because, you know, America is the richest country in the world. Trying to get to America simply to have a better life is not grounds for asylum. And so we need to firm up those asylum laws to prevent the type of uh uncertainty about those types of claims uh, to prevent the type of journey that's occurring. And maybe if it happens from uh, the, the, the country of origin, you might be able to keep them from making that journey in the first place. Yeah, such a great thing. Literally deterring it at the outset is what we need. There's an extraordinary 
two committees that are going to be formed, special select committees, one on the origins of COVID and everything that the COVID response and the other on the weaponization of federal government. These are unique. They've never been done something like this before. How important are they for accountability and transparency for the American public? So important on both counts. You know, we've on the Appropriations Committee, we've had Anthony Fauci in. I I quizzed him about gain-of-function research. Uh, his attitude was deny, 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 and now he's trying to retire and ride off into the sunset. We are not going to let him do that. We're going to hold him accountable and all those accountable who have been lying to Congress and lying to the American people about the origins of this disease, about the effectiveness of the vaccines, uh, you know, and, and the dangers that, uh, that may or may not accompany them. So uh, the truth is going to come out, whether it's, you know, and, and it's going to come out in both the COVID, the hearings about the origins of COVID from this new select committee, but also uh, in the investigation into the abuses in our intelligence agency, the politicization of our intelligence, and uh, all the way from the Russia hoax through the Mueller investigation up to, um, you know, how uh, this capital is secured uh, or what decisions Nancy Pelosi was making uh, prior to January 6th. You know, we're also going to have a select committee on China and uh, recognizing China as the adversary that it is and making sure that we across the board, whether it's national security, trade, tax, all across the board, health, uh, recognize the dangers that China presents around the globe and respond in a comprehensive manner. Excellent. That's the sort of thing that people have been asking for, and they're going to get it for the first time, a China-proof economy and an FBI facing accountability and some real honesty about what China actually did with the COVID virus and what also we failed to do right in the COVID response. Those are three big wins for the American taxpayer. Last question for you. When you step back and you look at this incredible budget plan you put together, because it really is a thoughtful budget plan. I really haven't seen anything like it since the 1990s when Newt Gingrich and Bill Clinton were able to come together and create a balanced budget, actually a surplus. What sort of reshaping of government over the next few years, if Republicans can get to all three chambers, you know, control the House, the Senate, and the White House, what sort of reshaping of government will we ultimately have under this plan? I mean, it's a pretty robust vision of how to shrink government and send the money back to the states. But what do you think is the top line reshaping that people will see if you achieve your budget? Right now, what you see is that uh, about three quarters of the budget is on autopilot. And those are the mandatory spending that a lot of people depend on, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. We want to make sure that those programs continue to uh, provide the type of security that uh, they are currently providing for current generations, uh, but making sure that they're also going to be around for generations like my children, my 10-year-old children, who um, won't see it at all because under current scenarios, they're going to be insolvent in less than a decade. So making sure that we make the reforms that are necessary, but also to that 25% of the budget that is discretionary, making sure you get the biggest bang for your buck for those core functions of government, making sure that uh, instead of the federal government doing everything, uh, if it has to be done by government, that it's done by the states or by the local governments through block grants. If it does not have to be done by government, then it shouldn't be done by government. If it can be done by the private sector, then it should be done by the private sector. And so privatizing a lot of functions, uh, making sure that those institutions that have traditionally played a role 
um, in in uh, local communities, community groups. Those are the types of entities that we want to empower. And so that's what uh, this budget makes some big, bold proposals. Uh, but uh, we we are in the business of making those proposals, and I'm excited that we're going to be bringing it to the American people and putting it on the floor for a vote this year. Yeah, I think a lot of Americans are excited that that's about to happen. It's a very momentous moment in American history. Congressman, we're real excited. You've got one of the most important jobs in Congress now, shepherding the spending and reshaping of federal government under Republican control. We're going to be keeping a close eye on that. Can't wait to get you back on the show again. John, always glad to be with you. Great honor to have you, sir. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to go down to the border for a pretty robust discussion of what just happened when President Biden was in El Paso. Right after this. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. As we reported at Just the News all weekend long, President Biden went down to the border, but it was a very controlled environment. Uh, a lot of optics, no real engagement with the Border Patrol except for passerby stuff. Our next guest, well, she ran for Congress actually on the strength of the border argument, and her husband served for many years in the Border Patrol. We're so lucky to re- we welcome to the show Irene Armendariz Jackson. Irene, great to have you back on the show. Thank you for this great opportunity. 
You have been a cogent voice. You built your campaign around having some common sense at the border after all the insanity. Your husband served this great country for a long time on the border. Your first reaction when you saw the way Joe Biden orchestrated this trip this weekend? It was all about the optics and proving everybody wrong and making the Biden administration really look like they've been right all along. Nothing nothing to do with the reality of what we're living here on the border. Wow. Just remarkable. When you have that sort of orchestrated event that tries to ignore the reality or gloss over it or repaint it, it sends a very powerful message to people like your husband who served or are serving right now. What do you think the reaction will be to the men and women of the Border Patrol after what happened on Sunday? I think they they were ready for it. I think they didn't expect anything less from this administration. He is probably enemy number one of uh, our Border Patrol agents. Uh, as we stood where he went to the migrant center, we uh, Im- the illegal immigrant center, um, I definitely made him un- or told him that we demanded an apology for our Border Patrol agents and their families, especially the, the the people that were on the horseback and they accused of whipping the illegal Haitians. And I just want to make sure that everywhere I go and every um, interview that I have, I want to remind people, especially in America, to use the proper terminology because these are people that have come into our country illegally. So per immigration law, they are illegal immigrants or illegal aliens. But going back to what you what you were uh, asking me, uh, I'm pretty sure they are not shocked at all. Yeah. No, it seems to me, and I've talked to a lot of Border Patrol folks in the last couple of days, in particular the last couple of weeks, there's a lot of hope that it's going to be the Republicans in the House who start to force the sort of change that our Border Patrol needs. Let me ask you about some things a lot of people talk about. The trafficking of all of these illegal aliens into the interior of the country only occurs because the federal government works with charities and NGOs to to facilitate that. Would those on the border, like yourself, like your husband, like the Border Patrol, would they like to see the House Republicans put a ban on money going to any NGOs who try to traffic illegal aliens into the interior of the country? I think what they want is really to be their hands to be untied. And definitely that's a measure that would send a message, especially to those power hungry, money hungry politicians, especially the Democrats that are becoming very wealthy at the cost of human life and human dignity. You know, the Democrat uh, representative here in El Paso, she herself was a member of one of the board of one of these NGOs that is receiving millions of dollars from our tax um, earned money. And again, another thing for Americans to remember when you talk about local funds, state funds, federal funds, there's no such thing as government funding. It all comes from us, the taxpayer. And being one of the poorest communities in the nation, definitely in Texas, this has really, we're, we're taking a big hit at ta- as taxpayers here in El Paso. We have probably one of the the highest property taxes in Texas for sure, but one of the highest in the nation. And we are still a very poor community. But of course, the Democrat leadership is getting wealthier and wealthier. And uh, with this self-inflicted wound by the Biden administration, which is the chaos on the border. 
Yeah, pretty remarkable. There was a unique contrast because President Biden goes down. He goes to a port, but he doesn't really go to the border where the illegals are crossing. He goes to the sanitized part of the immigration system, not to where the real overrun of the border is. Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, actually confronts him with a letter and says, here are five things you could do that would change the arc in my state, protect our people, end this madness. Your thoughts on the ideas that Governor Abbott submitted to the president? Well, they're kind of redundant, to be honest with you. We already have laws that uh, apply to all of this. And and uh, honestly, um, I found out maybe 30 minutes ago that he had been here in El Paso. Again, he doesn't meet with the people also. I didn't know he was here. And believe me, we are at the forefront of this fight here in El Paso. If there's anybody that has become the conservative voice here in El Paso and border security is myself and my husband. And I have never received a request from Abbott and saying, what is it exactly that El Paso needs? Can, can we unite and make sure that the Biden administration understands that he does not represent El Paso citizens, not everybody is as crazy as Beth O'Rourke is. And this is his hometown. And so why wouldn't you want to um, join efforts? But honestly, to have found out 30 minutes ago, today, one day after the visit, that he, Greg Abbott was actually in El Paso, is sends a message to people, not just myself, but those that are a part of the efforts in stopping this nonsense. Yeah, such a great point. And there is a moment now where people just want common sense. They don't want to be lied to anymore. They don't want any illusions. They don't want to spend just common sense. This is not rocket science. How we can solve this border can be done so quickly. What is your hope for the House Republican? What do you think their strongest hand is to play over the next six months to a year? Well, if we don't see results quick, I think people that are very hopeful right now and a lot of people, I think, in America are constantly we're losing hope, you know, that uh, our government is actually going to work for the people. And so I want to make sure that those negotiations that happen in order to vote uh, the Speaker of the House in McCarthy, that they are actually not just wasted ink on paper, that they actually become real, because that represents the platform of the Republican Party. I do believe there is a new uh, age Republican, just like myself, that we have not been involved. I've been involved for maybe about seven years now, but before that, I wasn't. You know, we surrendered our responsibilities to, uh, we thought the government was actually going to look after its citizens. And so that's on us. But now there's a new group of people like myself, like many others, thousands of, of uh, people in America that are waking up. And a lot of it has to do with uh, former President Donald Trump. And so we want to make sure that those things that they have written, that with the negotiations that happened, that they are actually fulfilled. And one of the things that I'm doing after my run for Congress, I don't know if I'm going to run again. I'm actually praying about that because I am a born-again Christian, and I know that we need God in our country. Again, we definitely need God. But um, I have formed a, a super PAC called Border Security Coalition, and this is in order to help all those candidates that were ignored by people like McCarthy and people by like the and people like the RNC, the 
NRCC, I know every deep blue district can be flipped with the right message, the right messenger, and the correct amount of funds. So if America wants to see change, stop sending your money and your funds to the establishment and support efforts like regular grassroots efforts like Border Security Coalition, bordersecuritycoalition.com, sign up for the newsletter, and let's make sure that we not only get more Republicans, uh, elected in 2024, but the right Republicans in office to actually have the best, the welfare of the American citizens it, deep in their heart and that we can hold them accountable. Yeah, there's an enormous opportunity ahead to start to make this a required policy position for someone who wants to run for Congress. And it seems like that super PAC is going to have that opportunity. If people want to get involved with the Border Security Coalition, what's the best way for them to do that, Irene? To go on the website, bordersecuritycoalition.com, sign up. And believe me, we are so eager to just bring America together again. Because what begins at the border doesn't stay at the border. So all the fentanyl, all the human trafficking that is going through all the ports of entry um, doesn't stay in the border communities. We're the first hit, but it doesn't stay here. It's coming to an elementary near you. Yeah, such an important message for everybody to understand. Irene, a great honor always to have you on the show. We get uh, a lot of straight talk. It's always the best. In Washington, we don't get much of that straight talk. So it's a great honor to have you on today. We'll be sure to be checking in with you as the year unfolds. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you as well. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, my colleague Greg Piper here at Just the News going to give us an update on some explosive new documents uncovered in the censorship case brought by the Missouri and Louisiana Attorney Generals. We're going to have that right after this commercial break. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. You've seen this byline a million times on the Justin News website. He's one of our best reporters. He's out there every day on cancel culture, on censorship, on COVID misinformation. And I'm talking about the COVID misinformation from our own government. He's the one and only Greg Piper. And he joins us right now. Some big new documents being dropped by the Louisiana and Missouri Attorneys General. Greg, great to have you in the show. Tell us what's in this batch of documents. Thanks, John. Uh, so this shows uh, more of what we have seen now for the past several months, which is pr- really heavy recurring federal pressure on uh, tech platforms to censor uh, what the feds consider to be misinformation, things that are, are not necessarily called inherently false, but simply sensationalized or taken out of context. 
uh, even people's personal stories, uh, really with the aim of preventing other people from becoming more skeptical, especially of a COVID vaccine. Wow. Amazing. Now, I think there was some evidence that the White House was involved in some of this pressure. Tell us a little bit about what the White House's role might have been in censorship over this time. Sure. Uh, so there are some uh, White House officials, including uh, Rob Flaherty and Andy Slavitt, uh, who is um, on a, a Biden's COVID response team, um, who uh, who are specifically pressuring Facebook um, uh, fairly fairly early on uh, March 2021 uh, to really crack down on uh, what they called borderline content. So this is material that is not inherently uh, considered misinformation or or kind of ludicrous, like uh, microchips in the vaccine. But simply people sharing stories uh, and, and fears of uh, adverse events that were worse than what the government was saying might happen if you get vaccinated. Uh, they were concerned uh, that this is happening um, on uh, on Facebook, that it was essentially not doing enough to to throttle this. Um, they were concerned uh, it was happening on WhatsApp, which is the messaging app that uh, parent company Meta owns. Uh, um, and especially when it came to uh, immigrants and communities of color. Uh, so these uh, these subgroups are uh, heavier than usual users of this private messaging platform. And the White House is interested in what are you doing to basically prevent people from sharing this information in personal private conversations, uh, which uh, took, took Facebook aback a little bit. Jeez Louise. So now they're not only censoring the public posts, they're actually trying to prevent people from having one-to-one communications using instant messaging. That is just mind-boggling. Some of these documents are amazing. You see them out there. There's a level of coziness. There doesn't seem to be any awareness of the government officials, the people like at the White House, realizing that, hey, the Constitution says the government's not supposed to be in the business of censoring Americans' content. There's almost an ease and a fluidity and a complete ignorance to the idea that the general legal precedent in this country is that the government stay out of censorship. How did we get to that point? How did we get to a point where a White House official feels comfortable enough getting on WhatsApp or on an email and saying, hey, I really want you to throttle that guy, that person. I don't like what they're saying. Not helpful to our political agenda. Uh, it doesn't seem to have any awareness of the constitutional issues at play there. Right. I, I think this is really a, a symptom of, of simply the, the emergency state becoming permanent of uh, especially federal officials thinking that uh, the consequences are so dire uh, if you don't um, enroll these platforms into pretty proactive throttling censorship, call it what you will, uh, that it will uh, result in mass deaths. This is often what figures as high as President Biden were saying in 2021 that uh, uh, they're killing people, uh, that by not censoring, uh, people are not going to be uh, taking vaccines or wearing masks consistently, um, and they are going to die because of this failure to uh, intervene from the kind of the platform level, from the group level, all the way down to the private conversation level in an encrypted app. Just amazing. And it, there's a funny thing because it, it, there's a, uh, one of the things that Attorney General Landry in Louisiana, who comes on the show often, we love having him on, it's a bipartisan effort. There's a moment where in a very short period of time, the government and Facebook are talking about censoring Robert F. Kennedy Jr., a clear Democrat and a vaccine skeptic, and Tucker Carlson. It seems as though there are no limits. It doesn't matter who you are. If they don't like your opinion, you're going to get censored until we until we realize, until we get this exposed and stopped. The idea that a Robert Kennedy and a Tucker Carlson could both get squeezed out of the public dialogue by the same machinery, pretty shocking, isn't it? It is. I, I think this really shows kind of the collapse of what we consider to be really rigid right and left categories, liberals and conservatives, to more of a, a kind of a mainstream versus, an, uh, you know, an outsider perspective where uh, there is this 
re- real paranoia among the establishment about uh, preserving uh, kind of the, their presumed authority. Um, there's a lot of mention in these emails uh, about White House officials simply being afraid of skepticism. That comes up repeatedly. How can we stop people from being skeptical rather than how, how can we you know, make sure that they get information that we consider accurate? Wow, just amazing. And it turns out now that a lot of what they told us, the government, the ones who were trying to stamp out skepticism, it turns out that skepticism was warranted because the government itself now acknowledges, well, this doesn't stop transmission of the virus, may not even prevent you for getting the virus, though it might lessen your symptoms. The skepticism based on the current body of uh, evidence we have actually probably was pretty warranted. Do you think the government will go back and look at itself and say, well, maybe maybe we should have let some of the skepticism out there? There hasn't been a lot of mea culpas that have come out of the feds. Uh, what, what they're more likely to do is simply to say these are concerns that we had early on. We didn't want to promote them out of hand. Everything that we're talking about is very rare. We still think that everybody should uh, take this course of action, whether it be uh, vaccines or mask mandates are coming back in some places now. Um, that, uh, that they will, they will essentially say, we see these little things that are kind of on the margins here. Uh, we want people to know how rare that is. Uh, you shouldn't be worried about that. But at the same time, they still promote pretty big alarmism about the consequences of, let's say, not getting a vaccine if you've had COVID how many times with how many variants. And, uh, and you have pretty, uh, pretty strong natural immunity, not really still any divergence or distinction between uh, different age groups, uh, elderly who are at much higher risk inherently, and young people who have almost no uh, mortality from COVID. Absolutely amazing. It's just, it's just jaw-dropping. It's an amazing time to see free speech really hanging in the balance. And we're so lucky at Jessica News, Greg, because you do such a great job covering this, as well as all the cancer culture stuff for the universities all the way up into the United States government. Great to have you to show this important uh, update. We're going to have a big story on the website tonight with Greg. So check that out tonight. And Greg, thanks. I'll let you get back to work. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, it's a great honor to have you on and to work alongside you as well. You do such great work. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll come back and wrap things up in a few seconds. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Report. So grateful you can join me. Check out the TV show tonight. Andrew Clyde, a member of the House Oversight Committee, he's going to give us an update on all the momentum that that committee has to 
begin investigating things that have not been investigated, rocks that haven't been turned over in a very long time. That's going to be an important interview tonight with Amanda, Ed, and I. You won't want to miss it, so buckle your seatbelt in and check that out. And, of course, check all the great news out that's been happening on Just the News. We've got a lot of breaking news. Madeline Hubbard and Ben Whedon and Charlotte Hazard and Joe Weber all turning out really important stories day and night. And remember, you can download the Just the News iPhone or Android phone app at the proper stores, at the Apple iOS store and at the Android Google Play store. Go download the app. It allows you to read, watch, and listen to our best content. Yep, we've got TV. We've got this great show. And, of course, we've got all of our important reporting stories as well. Go check those out. We're really proud of what we're doing. All right, that wraps it up. Another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and may God bless this extraordinary country of the United States. Thank you for listening. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.